Thank you so much for joining us today. God wants to use people like you to help build his kingdom. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to serve in the local church. If you want to get involved with College Park Church, visit collegeparkchurch.org and click on Get Involved. Also, if you'd like to help support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting collegeparkchurch.org to choose the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. I had one of the greatest revelations happen early this morning. Um, I don't know, some of you might not know, um, someone rear-ended me, um, rear how do you say it? Yeah, rear-ended me um, this week, and so I have a rental car right now, and so first, someone asked me, someone hit your infinity? Are you mad? I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I had a crack in my front bumper, and now I got a brand new bumper. You know, holla at your boy, favor ain't fair, you know what I mean? It's all in what you see. It's all in how you see you know? And then again, God speaks. How many of you know God is always speaking? He's always speaking. I've heard pastors growing up, we want a move of God. Glory. That insinuates that God is in one place and he has to move from one place to get to another place. God is everywhere. God is in all things. Now, I know they mean, I know they mean well, but God... David said, I believe it's in Psalms 138 or 139, if I ascend to heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Essentially, David is communicating to himself and to you today that you can get in a rocket ship, go millions of miles to the darkest abyss, step out of your rocket ship, and the Holy Ghost is like, boom, it's the Holy Ghost. He's there. God is always there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's as close as the mentioning of his name. Someone take a deep breath. Go. How about, you know what you just did? You just breathed in God. Because he's everywhere. I said, my God is everywhere. Can we give God praise? That he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. And in, the, my, and in my darkest hours, he's there to lead me through the valley of the shadow of death that nothing can separate me from his love, nor, nor death, nor height, nor things in the past or things to come will ever be able to separate me. But one of the things that's really hard is to be able to see like God sees in today's present. Most of us, we don't see what God sees because we don't see what God sees, we don't say what he says. I, I know that by how people speak today. Well, ain't no good thing gonna come out of this job. And ain't nothing gonna change in this family. They were a deadbeat then, they're a deadbeat today, they're gonna be a deadbeat forever. But but I look at my Bible and I look what God says. My God is a resurrecting God. He's a God that speaks to those that things that aren't as though they are. He makes dead things come alive. He mends the brokenhearted. Come on. Does anybody believe that this morning with me? But in order to see what God sees, you need to know what he says. And so I, I wonder, maybe the reason why you say negative things, maybe the reason why you say dark things, maybe the reason why you don't see anything in your future, much less your presence, is because of what you hear everyone saying around you. So we're just going to go to the Word of God and hear what God's word says. Is that okay, church? And so the first, I literally just got scriptures written up on here. We're just going to go to this first passage, Ephesians chapter 4. 
And we're going to go into verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Another word for beseech is to urge. I urge you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Someone say, it's up to me to walk worthy of the calling. Stop there. But how do I walk worthy when I don't feel worthy? How do I walk strong in the power of God when I feel weak and I'm dealing with all this insecurity? I mean, that's one of the hardest things in life is that when it comes to what I see, do I see what God sees? Because when I read what he says, what I start to see is that I am worthy. But I go on in life feeling I'm not worthy. So how do I walk worthy? That's the point. You keep thinking that you're not worthy. And because you think you're not worthy, it will always bring you to a place of humility at his feet. That God, without you, I am nothing. And with you, I can do all things. And when my hand is connected to your hands, you can lead me through everything because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if I'm in the world, everything's going to destroy me. But if, in my, if I'm in God, can nothing touch me. Can nothing touch my mind. Can nothing touch my soul. Ain't nothing going to pierce my anointing. Why? Because no weapon. Because of that mental note, that, that principle that I am nothing, but he makes me everything, it causes me, it causes you to experience everything in Christ Jesus. And because of that, then you can start being a part of the kingdom and building it for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. How many of you know we serve a king? Okay, we got two amen. How many of you know we serve a king? Me and you are not kings, but we are sons and daughters of the king who is that, you know, you know he, he, he's POTUS or whatever. He, he's leading this ship. He's leading this journey, and he's the one fighting our battles on our behalf. But how many know there's another kingdom? We talk about the king of kings and the Lord. How many know there's another king? It's called the kingdom of darkness. How many know who is the king of the, of the darkness? Who? No, it's not Satan. Satan's a prince. That's what scripture says. He's the prince of the air. You know who the king is? You and me. Let's go back to the very beginning. When when, when, when Satan is speaking to Eve, he doesn't tell Eve, bow down and worship me. No, no, he makes everything about Eve. If you eat this apple, you can be just like the king. If you eat this apple, you can have everything. And what ends up happening is the devil, which we know, the prince of the air, his whole point on earth is to steal, kill, and destroy And so he wants to steal the truth of God's word on who you're supposed to be. He wants to steal your identity so you don't know who you're supposed to be. And instead of being connected to God, being led by God, he wants you to be led by yourself, making it about you. 
And what you don't realize is when you live life full of yourself, you're bound down to Satan. When you live life all by your, have you ever met somebody who makes it all about them? A person who's all full of themselves? They just talk about themselves. They, you know, you know, you know every, everything's about themselves. You know, those are the people who only pray for themselves. Those are the people who only take selfies of themselves. I don't take selfies. I take ussies because I look better with my wife and everything. Come on, somebody. Woo, I'm making some, I'm creating some brownie points up in this church. And so the enemy knows if he can make you full of yourself and, and get you isolated all by yourself and get you to a place where you are, your eyes aren't on God, then you'll never see what he sees. And you'll always say what you see when it's only me. And whenever I see what, what I see without Jesus in me, man, everything's scary, man, isn't it? Your faith is scary. Raising a family is scary. Trying to walk this calling worthy is incredibly How can God use me? Has, has anybody ever asked that, said that about yourself? Am I the only one, right? And so there is this fight to, of what kingdom are we building? What kingdom, Mark, am I building within me? Am I building a kingdom that is all about me? Am I building a kingdom that's all about him? Because here's the difference. You got to understand the difference between a gifting and a calling. So if you make it all about yourself, Bubba, you'll focus on your gifting. And here's the thing about a gifting. You can grow in any gift because in order to grow in a gift, it only needs practice. You can go, you can go, you can be in a complete moron, ignorant in everything, but make a decision to go to school and be a doctor, you stay there consistent eight years, stay disciplined for eight years, you can go ignorant, knowing nothing, coming out making six figures. Why? Because you just, it just needs practice. Someone say practice. But see, see, here's the thing. It takes pr practice, births, a gifting. But when it comes to your calling, it's something entirely different. That takes prayer. Someone shout prayer. But most people don't allow the pressure of prayer to push them and to elevate them into their calling. And we confuse gifting with calling as if they're the same thing. No, they are entirely different. One can take just your strength. The other one is all about his strength. Which one are you and me in today? And so what ends up happening, if you ever get into a point, a season in your life, where you are constantly struggling. I'm not saying momentarily. I'm talking about you've been spending the last 20, 30, 40 years of your life broke, busted, and disgusted. There's something happening inwardly. You need to look in the mirror and say, what's going on with me? Have I been making it all about me? Or have I had my eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Because Psalms chapter 23, verse 4 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Verse 6, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my, of my. But how many of you have seen your enemy and you retreated? How many of you seen an enemy but you quit and turned the other way? How many of you know this is what God has called me to go into? This is the land that God has called me to take and have dominion over. But like the children of Israel, God says, you know what? That should have been a 14-day hike, but because of the fear and insecurity, I'm leading them in the wilderness for 40 years. They were never meant to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That was never God's design for them to be, be, be struggling day in and day out. God's ultimate design for the children of Israel was for them to be able to possess a land full with milk and honey. But you know what happens? They got caught up in what they could see. Giants. I, I, I need four strong men. Can I get four strong men? Joe, I know you're strong. Bubba, David, come on up. One more, one more. Uh, Michael, come up here. I need, I need four strong men. Can you give it up for these four strong men this morning? All right. If I can get four strong, four strong men right here, if you can just stand here. Stop making it, full, stop being full of yourself. Come over here, buddy. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, uh, Bubba, come over here, man. Um, you'll be a bad person in a minute. Right now, I need you to be Jesus. Hello. And so Psalms 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? And so the whole notion is about me about you, someone say, it's about me. Not just about, but it's about me following Jesus. And so here I am, I'm following Jesus. Jesus, go wherever you go, I'm gonna follow you. Wherever Jesus goes, I go. I don't, it's funny, I, I, I haven't used my, you know, one of my things where I had to call a friend. I haven't used one of my options or whatever. You know what, you know, uh, can, can, can I take a poll from the audience? I haven't called my friends to start up a small group. No, I'm just following Jesus because if I follow Jesus, at the end of the day, he's all I, someone shout, all I need is Jesus. And so, but there are times, hold up, hold up Jesus. Would you mind holding up Jesus? I'm not going to tell you what to do because, you know. But there are times according to scripture in Psalms 23 verse 5 that he'll lead you to the valley of the shadow of death. He'll lead you through some dark spaces. You'll go through some dark times. They're going to be, someone shout seasons. They're going to be seasons where you really can't literally see. And so earlier, I mean, life was great. Life was amazing. I was taking this amazing journey, and I had these high moments. I had these mountaintop experiences. I had these manifestations of seeing God bring me through certain lands taking dominion over certain places, but then here comes darkness. And then it's amazing, if you've ever walked through darkness and you can't see, you're very hesitant in how you walk. You, you step different. You're cautious. You, you might not be in the same rhythm. It, you know the whole left, right, left, 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 because you're like, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I, might, I might destroy everything. But this one thing I will do, I feel like I'm on the edge of the stage right now. I will trust Jesus. Someone shout, trust Jesus. And so if you would go back over there. Can you give Bubba a hand? Y'all stand there real fast. It's scary. 
trust in Jesus. It's terrifying allowing him to guide your life through everything. But at the end of the day, all God asks of you, all God asks of me, he's like, I'm not asking for your gifting. I'm asking you that you keep trusting me. I'm asking you that you just stay faithful and don't leave me. Don't disconnect from me. The Bible says that he is the vine and we are the branch. I love that scripture because here's the thing. How does the, how does the branch grow off the vine? It stays connected. And if it stays connected by default, it will grow. I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. And the reason why some of us aren't growing in our faith and we're not growing in our identity, we're not growing in our calling, is because we have disconnected from Jesus. And we, have, and we place more value in our gifting than our calling. See, see, here's the problem with that. The world knows how to celebrate a gifting. And if you don't know the difference between what God has called you versus what you're gifted in, you will prostitute your calling for the gift because you will follow everyone who applauds you and pats you on the back because of how good you are with that gift. Mmm, boy, I'll pre preach, pastor. I'll, I'll will. I'll preach. And so what ends up happening is the moment the sun, the moment the glamour, the, more, the, the moment the spotlight goes, we disconnect from Jesus. We become full of ourselves. At one time, we were a strong Christian. At one time, we understood our identity. At, once, at one time, we were so committed and so faithful to the calling. But somehow, some way, it's like, it's like Esau, we trade everything for something with no value. And like Esau, you trade your entire calling for a bowl of soup. And we, look, we read stuff like that, like, that's crazy, but we do it every day if we're not careful knowing the difference between your gifting and your calling. And so I, I get it, I get it. You know, you get to that place, you get to that transition in life, and it's like, that is the land that God's called me, but there are giants over there. Can I, can I, can I just get you, like, just, you know, make a half circle, make a half circle, make a half circle? Can, I, can you just give me your meanest face, your meanest face, meanest face, go. I need, I, I, I need some, I, I need some unction, I need some, give me your meanest face, me, and meanest, meanest noise. I feel like the Backstreet Boys have been reincarnated right now, and they're about to do a boy band song right now for in front of you. This is exactly what happens. Like, we, we, see, we see our destiny, but there's this giant standing in between me and it. And if you're not connected by God, you'll look at these giants, and it's like, there's no way I can get through them. There's no way I can get to it. But that's what you see. God's like, that's not what I see. The Bible says that he prepares a table before you in the presence of your what? Of your enemies. In other words, what you think is going to kill you. Here, here, can you hold this bottle of water? 
Um, can I, can you, babe, can you give me those tissues underneath your seat, underneath your seat, or give me like three or four tissues or whatever? You'll have the bottle of water. You're going to have some tissues or whatever. Hey, do you have a strong back? You start, can, oh, can you just bend over right here, like on all fours real fast? This is what God sees. You keep retreating from your enemy, but if you can get a picture of what God sees, if you can walk through, if you can just push through prayer, if you can just intercede just a little bit longer, if you can just be committed just a little bit longer, this is what happens. Instead of running from your enemy, instead of being defeated by your enemy, the Bible says that he prepares a table before you and the presence of your enemies. You thought... They were going to destroy you. No, they were going to, they're there to elevate you. And the people that you thought were going to kill you are going to be the same people that God uses to elevate you, push you through, promote you. This is God's design. Can somebody give them a round of applause? Thank you so much. But you'll never see what God sees. Until you hear what God says. You'll never know what God has created for his sons and daughters. See, 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 some of you are like, whoa, whoa, God, now I know what I need. I just need to pray and get a word. No, you got a word. It's called his Bible. You don't need another word. You got over 3,000 promises in that thing right there. Do you realize that there are literally over 3,000 names in the Bible? God doesn't use anonymous people. He picks out people, strategically positions them for a purpose in order for his name to get the glory and honor through everything. There is no one on earth who gets the glory. There's no one on earth that gets the honor. It's all reflected back to Jesus. Does anybody believe that? Can you make some noise in this house this morning? But if you spend your entire time on your gifting, that's your calling. You'll practice this thing over and over again. You'll try to fine-tune this gifting over. Man, you will polish it, you will shine it, and you will parade it through everywhere in order for everyone to see it. But you're gifted. You're gifted. Might not necessarily be your calling. You see, see, in order to get your calling, it takes commitment. That's a rare word from the people of faith today. Everybody, everyone wants the supernatural. And so they're willing to jump ship real quick whenever they think there is a move of God. You see, there's Peter. He's on the boat. They've been rowing all night. Jesus comes walking on the water, right? And as he's walking on the water, the Bible says that they all freak out like, it's a ghost. And then Peter, something happened, and Peter was like, God, if that's you, command me to come out. I mean, he's God, right? 
There's a scripture in the Bible where it talks about he gives you over to your own lustful desires. He just won't give you godly desires, but he'll even give you over, Robin, to your own lustful desires. He'll give it to you. Someone shout, he'll give it to me. Literally, he will withhold no thing from his children. He'll give it to you. If you ask for it long enough, he'll say, okay, have it your way. You want your way? You want to let go of my hand? You want to do it on your own? But you'll realize I'm the only way, truth, and life. And I'm the only source and foundation that can ever elevate you and promote you through everything that you ever encountered. And the Bible says that he steps out and he experiences a supernatural moment with God. He walks on water. I used to preach this thing. I heard Benny Perez, his pastor in the Church of Las Vegas, um, preach this many, many, like probably, man, before I came to College Park over 10 years ago. He's like, I'd rather be a wet water, ro- a wet water walker than a dry boat talker any day. And I was like, hey, yo, that is, that's, that's fire, man. I remember for like the next two years, I preached it as if it was my own. I, I straight stole that. I stole that so bad. It was horrible. And then I read scripture, and it's like, I do this, I, do, I don't do seven-day devotions, more like five days a week devotions. And I remember when I was doing my little whole, my whole soap thing, um, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. That's what soap stands for for us. And I teach some of our cadres to do this. And it's funny, like you read these scriptures (laughs) in your head, you're thinking, I've read this my entire life. I know everything about this, right? And then something God just shows because he's always speaking. (laughs) He is always, someone shout, God is is. always always speaking. And what blew my mind is that even though he jumped ship and left, the boat, and he experienced a supernatural move of God for just a moment. The Bible says that when he sank, what happened? God was there to pull him back up. But where did God place him, position him back in? The place he left. Get this in your head. That's why some of you will never grow because you keep jumping shit from the places he's put you in. Jesus put Peter back in the place where he started in the beginning. But like Peter, some of us, some of, sometimes we're like, man, this place I don't understand right now. Man, this place I'm in, I don't see anything good right now. Man, right now, I don't see any signs, wonders, and miracles. But man, I see it over there. God command me to come. He's like, okay. But I know you're going to sink because God knows the end from the beginning. See, I gave you some word. Let me give you some science. I was reading this in the last couple of weeks, and man, this thing, I don't know. I've just never, I've never like read in regards to Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. I was reading some other stuff, some other books. But this thing like hit me like a ton of bricks in one of the books, in one of the books I was reading when they talked about the theory of relativity. Albert Einstein says this, time and space are relative to the objects measuring them. In other words, they're not constant. Have you ever seen a plane? Now, the, one of the examples the author gives is a plane. Have you ever seen a plane far off in the skies? 
And you, have you ever said this maybe as a, an adult, maybe as a kid? I said this as a kid all the time. Man, that thing's moving really slow. Anyone ever said that? I've said that many times. But you take that same plane and you get 10 feet away from it, whoosh, that thing will take you and your toupee off all at once, man. And so it's like, what you don't realize, what you don't see is that the earth is rotating on its axis and it's moving so fast within the Milky Way galaxy. The galaxy is moving so fast when it comes to the universe Somewhere around 2 million miles per hour, it's moving it's faster, than the, or faster than the speed of life. That's how fast it's going. But when you look up at the blue sky, everything seems to be still. Nothing's moving. This is what Albert Einstein's saying. When it comes to speed, when it comes to time, oh, whatever, it's relative. He goes on to say, the faster you go, slower time becomes. And at the speed of light, time would stop and distance would shrink to nothing. Time and space are not constant nor universal. They are flexible and personal to the observer. This, this is Albert Einstein, a scientist. He says this, the problem lies not in relativity, but in assuming that common sense represents relativity. That blows my mind. He even knew God lives outside of time. He even knew that there was a greater power outside of what we see in the natural. Because if you only look at the natural, you think everything should come chronological. Jaquavius, come here, man. Come here. Let me, let me break this down another way. This is Jaquavius. Someone say, hey, Jay. Hey. How you doing? So this is Jay. Jay, tell, um, tell everybody how old you are. I'm 17. 17 years old, man. He's enjoying life, starting up. When was your birthday? December 5th. Are you single? Yes. Ladies, take note. <laughs> and so here is the beginning of Jay's life. Oh, no, no, stay, stay right there, man. Stay right there. You're not Jesus. I can tell you what to do. I'm sorry. Uh, what was your day that you were born? December what? This is December 5th, the day Jay was born. And so here's the day Jay was born. This is the current day Jay is in. But man, we want Jay to live a long life. Like just, right? You want to live a long life. And so this is a chronological order. Someone say chrono. He's living in a chronological order. Understand, God does not live in a chronological order. He created time so he can move backwards, forwards, up or down. He can move at whatever speed, at whatever rate he is, because he is God and he is sovereign. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? And so here is Jay in the present day. One to understand his purpose. Wanting his purpose revealed with clarity. And so what ends up happening is he pushes through prayer. What ends up happening is he gets this thing called commitment going on. But even though he has committed to prayer, even though he has accepted the pressures of life, even though he's held hands and connected to Jesus, have you ever prayed and didn't see anything happen in the present? 
Am I the only one? Talk to me, church. Am I the only one that, who's never seen things happen as you pray? And so what ends up happening is because he doesn't understand the order of God, because he doesn't see God move on his time, which is what kind of timetable? What kind of timetable? Does God live in a chronological timetable? Does God live in this cycle right here? Oh, no, no. He lives where? Why? Because he created. Because why? I need you to get this because I want you to be victorious. I want you to be an overcomer. And so what happens a lot of times when you pray, God might not drop it in your present, but watch this. He might drop it in your future. And he'll drop a person here. He'll drop a job here. And he will drop promotion here. But he's waiting for you to push through the pain and inconvenience to get through, to break through, to overcome what he's placed for you. But, but here's what happens. We allow the past to cause us to be stagnant in our present. And what happened to us as a 15-year-old, how old are you, 17? As a 17-year-old kid, he lives one year, he lives another year, he lives another year, but watch this, watch this, watch this. He's 27 now, but he feels like there's been no movement. Because even though he might be 57, he's still living with a 17-year-old mentality. His body's grown, but his mind hasn't. His body has grown, but his spirit hasn't matured. I've seen grown 65-year-old men act like they were 16-year-olds. And so just because you're older doesn't mean you're wiser. And vice versa, all up in there. Come on, can we just be honest this morning? Wisdom comes from maturity. True maturity is linked to holding hands in hands with God, allowing him to lead you on this journey in faith with God. Understand this. I, I heard someone saying um, oh, just recently in some, in some book I read like three months ago, if the language is lost, the culture is muddy. If the culture is muddy, history changes. And if the history is changes, the future will not look like the past. Everything resides on what is said right now. And if you live in the kingdom of God, do you understand our language in the kingdom of God is not speaking in tongues? Do you know what the language in the kingdom of God is? Faith. Faith. It's impossible to please God except by faith. Someone shout faith. Faith is the fuel that can light your prayer life to stay committed in the darkest of nights and the darkest of moments. This is what happens when Jairus comes to Jesus and says, my daughter is dead. Everyone says she's dead, but Jesus is like, she might be dead to you, but she's not dead to me. I know that's what you see. That's not what I see because that is our God because he, he understands the power of a spoken word. He understands that with your words, you can speak life or death blessings or curses. And so many of us, I'm, such a, I'm so afraid that we're speaking death over our future. 
Death over our family. Death over our finances. Death over our faith because of what we speak right now in the present. We hold ourselves, we hold our own self prisoner. Not able to experience that promised land. Flowing with milk and honey. A land that can fulfill every one of your needs. A land that where you don't have to need or want no more because you understand your supply comes from. Comes from who? Are y'all awake this morning, man? Can somebody make some noise up in this house? Help me preach. I wonder how many people are stuck here. 30-year-old men, 40-year-old men, 50-year-old men, but you got like a 14, 15, 16-year-old in the faith. Wonder how many people have yet to graduate the school of faith, graduate the school of salvation, graduate in their identity. God is all I need. Thank you, Jay. Can you give Jay a hand, a round of applause? Do you realize that God has called us to be world changers? I say God has called us to be world changers. That wherever our feet touch, he's going to give it to you. Whatever our hands touch, God's going to bless it. Am I the only one that believes by faith? This is what's going to happen. The book, the book of John, the book of John 14, 12, verse 12 says this. Mostly, surely I say to you, he who believes in me, someone shall believes in who? The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. You know what qualifies you to do great works? You know what qualifies you to be a world changer? You know what qualifies you to break from the stagnant, complacent place in history and to be able to experience your promised land? All you got to, here's the good news, believe. 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 He doesn't say get this kind of degree. Get with this kind of community. Go to this kind of church. Experience. Try to attain this kind of ability. My God, Rachel, if you can believe, you can change Furman University around. My God, Bubba, if you believe, you can change the people around UPS. If you believe, you can change that entire dead workplace. (laughs) And turn it around. For the glory of God. But do you really believe? Do you really believe Ephesians 4.1? That I am worthy of this calling? Do you believe that he's called me to be a worship leader? Do you believe he's called you to be a world changer? Do you believe he's called you into the prison ministry? Do you believe he's called you into young adult? Do you really believe that you can change lives running security? that you can be able to change lives with a homeless ministry, that when you play the keys, the Holy Spirit can move? Do you believe? Eddie, do you believe that the people that you cut grass, that you can speak a word and their life is changed? Do you believe that God can turn and heal your hearing? Do you believe? That's all God asks for. If you believe in me, greater works. Most people can't be disciplined and committed with their belief. 
They believe just for a moment. God's like, I don't want moments. I want consistency. I just don't want word service. I want discipline. <laughs> oh, my God. How many disciples do we have in this house? Raise, raise your hands. This is a setup. This is a setup. I was speaking to some people about this just recently. How many signs, wonders, and miracles did God do to his own personal disciples? <laughs> you said it. The signs, wonders, and miracles. Who did that go to? The unbeliever and lukewarm Christian. <laughs> Here you are trying to be a disciple with the mentality of an unbeliever. <laughs> Drop the mic right there. Here. Because you can't transition from your history to where God wants you to be. Someone shout level up. Someone shout love. God is desiring will people level up today. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I acted as a child. Come on. I responded as a child. But when I got grown up, when I matured up, when I leveled up, I put away the past. I put away childish things to be everything he's called me to be. A warrior, a disciple for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Can somebody give God praise in this house this morning? As I close, Dwayne, can you come and tickle the ivory so I can know when to hush? Romans 12, we said it last week, I'll say it again. I beseech you, therefore, in the mercies of Christ Jesus, to offer your body as a living sacrifice. This is your holy, reasonable act of worship. Therefore, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you will know his perfect, good, pleasing will for your life. If you're living life stuck in between, if you're living life clueless, living life unclear of your future that God has for you, all God de desires from you, Philip, will you believe? Joe, will you believe? Stop, stop thinking, what do I got to do? This isn't performance Christianity. God wants you to just hold on and keep in step with him. Keep in rhythm with him. Trust him. And as you just hold on to him, he will lead you through whatever struggle you're going through. Right? Is there anybody struggling right now with anything? We just raise your hand all across this building. Are you struggling? Come on, let's be honest. We're not alone this morning. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying this, this morning? Trust God and allow Him to lead you. I love verse 1 in Psalms 23. 
pull it up? I want, I want us all to read it. Can you pull it up, Chris? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Stay there. Are you wanting something so bad that it's causing you to see things unclear? Maybe it's because the Lord is not leading you. But if you allow him to lead you, there's nothing you're going to want. Verse 2. One, two, three, read. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Hold on. Check this out. You think that you're in the wilderness. No, God's making you lie down near green pastures. Because that enemy, what you think is going to slay you, is actually going to be the thing that supports you. It's actually green pastures, but it's a figment of your imagination, the giants that you see. It's a figment of, an, of your imagination of what you really see, Jesse. You think the enemy's going to kill me. The enemy's going to destroy me. The enemy's going to destroy my... No, no, no. That's a figment of your imagination. What God's about to do, he's about to deliver you. And he's leading you by green pastures so he can source you. So you can get your proper nutrition. So you can eat well. You've been malnourished for a season. Man, man, you've been broken for the season. You, you, you've been feeble need for a season. Thank you, Holy. There are some of us in this place where we think that I'm just in my waiting season. This is where I'm at. I'm just going to sit here and get by. That's not biblical. There is nowhere in... Now, I get it. The Bible says, they had that wait on the Lord. What? They were mount up. Wings of eagles. They will... They will... Walk, faith. Everything that he says, all the illustrations that given is connected to movement. Let's give you some more scripture. Exodus. I was wondering how this was going to tie in, God. I see it now. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 through 16. It says this. No, no. <coughs> Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians, stay there, don't go to the next scripture. The Egyptians you see today will never see you again. This is Moses speaking, verse 14. Stay there in verse 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you only need to be what? So we read stuff like this, and we're like, this is, this is God's word. God's word says, just stand still. Don't do nothing. Just, this is my waiting season. But how many of you know man has twisted God's word from the beginning of time? Go to the next scripture. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to what? To what? To what? Move on from your pain. Move on from your history. Move on. I know you see an enemy, but I'm about to prepare a table before you. Don't you sit still. Don't you be stagnant. Don't you just be little. The current place, the green pastures that God has positioned you to be in, so shall move on. 
I'm moving on from the past church pain. I'm moving on from the ex-spouse that left and hurt. I'm, I'm moving on from all the people and the haters and whatever. Them haters are my elevators. And God's about to take them and strengthen me in my new season. Why? Because I'm following Jesus. Why? Because I'm connected to the vine. Why? Because as long as I hold on to him, he'll never leave me. Everyone in this world will leave me. Everyone in this world will disappoint me. But my God is faithful to complete that which he started from the very beginning. Can somebody stand to their feet and give God praise in this house this morning? Amen. Calm down, church. You act like you're saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Excited about what's going on. Quiet down. Simmer down. You, you act like you believe this morning. You act like God is faithful and just. You act like God is your strength. You act like God is the one who's going to make you an overcomer. God's going to lead you. God's going to give you breakthrough. Just stop it, church. Stop it. Stop it. Calm down. You're getting too rowdy. Church shouldn't be like this. Church should be calm and collective. You shouldn't be giving God a, a shout of triumph. You shouldn't be finally praising and worshiping God in your present circumstance. You should allow this season of your past to keep you stacked in your present. But Joshua said, as for me and my house, what? As for me and my house, we will what? God is looking for you. Someone shout, God is looking to me to lead the next generation to the promised land. I've always heard this stuff going up in church. I'm about to close, I promise you. This is my fifth closing up. This is the last and final. <laughs> Her pastors used to say this all the time. If you don't, if you don't step up, He'll raise up someone else. Anybody heard that? If you grew up Pentecostal like me, you heard that, you're a child. If you don't step up, Baba, raise something up, someone else. And that is somewhat true. Let me give you some clarity. Are you ready for some clarity? But do you realize that God might kill another generation to raise up Joshua before you step up? I don't want to see a generation die off to the word and promises of God. I don't want to see another generation rise up stagnant. No, I, I, as for me and my house, we're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to give. As for me and my house, we're going to honor. As for me and my house, we're going to love. As for me and my house, we're going to be an example. As for me and my house, I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world. But I'm going to let my light shine that all who seek may give glory and praise to our fathers in heaven. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, your Holy Spirit that is alive this morning will speak into the heart, that is speaking into the heart and lives of your children today. That we will commit to you. Yes, God, we don't understand everything about you. 
but no one does. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your word says your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. No mind will ever be able to comprehend all of you. And so during this season of uncertainty, you ask us this one thing. Trust you. God, I, like I'm freaking out right now, Lord. This is hard for me to open my hand and give this to you this morning. But God, I've tried it on my own and life is terrible. And so Jesus, right now, we give it to you. And you would say this morning, I have not surrendered my life. I have not allowed him to be the shepherd of my life. I have not allowed him to lead my life. But this morning, I want him to be Lord and Savior of my life. Will you just raise your hand all across this building? I want to make him that. Thank you for that hand. 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 Come on. Can we give God praise for what's happening in this house this morning? Can we say this prayer before we rejoice for the greatest miracle that is happening this morning? Jesus, right now, thank you for your love and your grace that is unending. Thank you for being patient with me. Let that sink in for some of us who have forgotten how patient he's been with us. Jesus right now can we say this together Jesus right now here's my heart here's my chronological timetable it's yours in this moment of uncertainty I will push through and I will pray through because I am being led by you and I'm going to see the best of everything you created for me on the other side if I just hold on, if I just move on. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Can we give God crazy praise this morning for the people who have committed their lives?